because we can say fuck. That's okay. It's allowed. Yeah. I say fuck a lot. I say fuck all the time. Um, okay, now I have to say fuck. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is... I don't know who's where. We really need to get better at this. One of you <laughs> pick. Tiffany? Yay. Tiffany. And... Alex. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, we are back after... was Our last episode was Ladies Night and it is back to... Uh, Alex and Dwight have returned and we have brought along uh, one of my old friends uh, who I used to work with. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Tom. I am an old friend of Dwight's. I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> it's always uh, awkward when people are like, now talk about yourself for a little while. You, you're totally going to fit in here. <laughs> <laughs> for, I'm first, glad to hear that. First, he questioned if he was a friend of Dwight's. <laughs> his, his intonation was perfect. I'm an old friend of Dwight's? I, I think, and, maybe. And I'm always questioning if I'm a friend of Dwight's. So hey, Even Tiffany questions whether she's a friend of mine, <laughs> yeah. which is fair. I do. I, I think do it makes that. sense. And he has no idea how to define himself, which is also something that Tiffany and I can, can jive with. Yeah. Don't ask me to explain anything because I go, it's a thing. Uh, the thing with the stuff you know yeah. you know what it's like yeah. she, likes, she likes characters I like characters that's been my favorite thing that we've established <laughs> for about tiffany recently is that if it's got characters she's into it which is most this is sense. very rude i want to go back to ladies night i felt like i had the high ground you did oh, such a good uh, job on ladies night Hey, it was very One fun. thing I wanted to point out, I was going to say this off pod, but I, I, I guess we're on pod now. I don't know. Do things even get edited out? Question no. mark. No. I noticed that there was a significantly less cursing when I was not on the podcast. I think I was the only one that swore. And I was uh, like, guys. Carissa can... said asshole once and then she <laughs> apologized she for it. Immediately corrected herself and it was like I guess they haven't listened to it and because we can say fuck. That's okay. It's allowed. Yeah. I say fuck a lot. I say fuck all the time. Um, okay, now I have to say fuck. Yes. Because otherwise yeah. it doesn't work. Now we've all done it. Nice. Wonderful. So Tom, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of uh, your busy day uh, to, you know, just bullshit with us for about an hour, hour and a half, two hours, three hours. We got a complaint apparently about the length of these, uh, according to according to Alex. Uh, someone was like, "Can you maybe get it under two hours?" <laughs> or Way what? to throw me under the bus. I'm just saying. That, that was that was a fact. So, um, speaking of long episodes, we recently did uh, episode 50, which was our top five favorite TV shows. And something that we were trying to do with guests when they came on was ask them what their top whatever was of the last top whatever we did so in this case tom i hope that was a good enough explanation tom uh, do you have a list a of do you have a list of tv shows that i know i've already asked you to prepare and we literally talked about it five minutes ago no i'm sorry i completely unprepared <laughs> just kidding just kidding so uh top five tv shows tom what, what have you got Ooh. okay so i dug deep i dug deep 
Um, if anybody knows anything about me, who's ever met me or talked to me for about five seconds, uh, Star Trek is the one constant in my life. Um, I'm one of the cool kids who watched DS9 while it was airing and who thought it was brilliant, unlike all the stupid people who didn't and only came around once TV became bingeable and, you know, the, the show started to make sense. Um, so DS9 is probably one of, is my favorite Star Trek nice. and it's one of my top five favorite shows of all time. That's consistently on there. I am a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. The, uh, 2012 animated series was is is the best i think certainly better than rise i i, I can't get past the animation i got a pin for rise but we'll talk about that after. Okay. and um you know again if you anybody who knows me i i'm always talking about uh, how good the uh, the idw ongoing series is it's phenomenal uh, like i said it's it's probably my favorite ongoing comic of that's out there right now. Uh, and there's so many parallels between the two, I think. So uh, TMNT 2012. Uh, let's see. As though I didn't have the notebook right in front of me. Uh, uh, King of the Hill. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about this show, why I love it so much. Uh, it's it's simple and it's kind of wholesome, but at the same time, it's very, very... Um, you, you wouldn't want to be... Um, you know hank's kid or any of his <laughs> friends i really don't think you know what i mean so uh i want to kick your ass um, <laughs> it's been forever since i've seen that show i only caught it like a couple of times while it was on but i remember really enjoying just like it was like laid back hanging out with friends like that that's yes. how it felt to me i agree completely uh, it's one of those things you know there's those certain shows you know you'll put on while you're you're eating dinner or whatever and my wife and I, we cycle through shows. We would try to, certainly as my son's been getting a little older, try to pick shows that aren't uh, awful. You know, <laughs> like Family Guy kind of take took itself out of the rotation a long time ago, for instance. Um, but uh, King of the Hill, I don't know. It doesn't seem, there are a handful of things I think that I wouldn't want my boy watching, but, you know, it's definitely in there. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Jericho. Uh, anybody remember Jericho? Is is that like a, a, a prison show? Am I making that up or no? Okay, you're definitely making that up. Okay, you're absolutely <laughs> making that I up. Know. I don't know. Not even close. <laughs> okay. Picture this: you're in a small Kansas town. All of a sudden, a nuclear bomb goes off, and the city of Denver and twenty uh, odd other cities across the country are gone. And you're you're dealing with life that has used to be global and now it's shrunk down to the size of this one little place and it's dealing with the the, the characters um, <gasps> tiffany loves it there you go <laughs> um it's dealing with the characters and the, the people who live in that town and whatnot um i highly recommend it it's on netflix i've watched the show many times it's one of those ones i you, you, know, you just keep coming back to nice is it like hour-long uh, drama or yes it's cbs uh, so this was uh the Oh, seven, oh eight, something like that. Maybe okay. the, me before that even, and um, it got canceled after one season. Oh and no! Like so many shows, there was a big writing campaign. Um, it got brought back, but it only got brought back for a handful of episodes for uh, to resolve whatever lingering plot threads they had. And I think they they did a comic series, uh, two seasons worth or something like that. Oh, but, cool. 
phenomenal. If you can, if, if you take the time, if you're looking for something new, it's, it's also a really quick binge. Nice. I'm intrigued by that because it sounds like a more serious, like last man on earth. We're like, are they the only people who are left? I love like that type of stuff. Oh, last man on earth. I know. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. I can't believe that it ended where it did. Anyway. <sighs> uh, Fox, man. I know. Tell me about it. <sighs> uh, let's see. And the last one, uh, last one is Cobra Kai. Oh, I, cool. I went back and forth on this and the crown. Those are two very different things. <laughs> very. <laughs> but. Um, Both high art, though. Okay, so I actually was, I didn't solidify this until about 20 minutes ago. I was sitting down with my wife, uh, and I, I had my list in front of me, and I said to her, okay, you know me really well. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, so I say to her, uh, so I, I've got Cobra Kai, I've got The Crown, and i got King of the Hill, which uh, uh, Cobra Kai is not on the list. I'm pretty sure it deserves to be on the list. Is uh, is King of the Hill or The Crown going to go? And she thought about it for a second, and she's like, well, as much as as awesome as the crown is, um, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, as often awesome as the crown is, uh, King of the Hill is something that's more of a constant. You know, we watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thirteen seasons of comedy gold. So, and and yeah, Cobra so. Kai, I am like super excited because so up until recently it was a youtube red show i believe correct and yes. now it's going to be on netflix and it comes out on netflix actually august 28th which i think is this friday or it's this weekend so see i don't know if you if you know this so they dropped a trailer today for seasons one and two going on netflix mm-hmm. and they at the end of the trailer they uh they kind of dropped another bombshell on us saying that season three isn't coming out till 2021 Oh, I did not know that. But Bastards. I do. But I, I we haven't. Uh, Tiffany and I haven't seen season one or two yet. So I'm very excited actually to see that because we were just talking about how Karate Kid is one of like the most yeah. con- like one, two, and three in my opinion are like some of the most like consistent '80s movies that like kind of sequel together. I really like Karate Kid too. Um, not more than the first, but I think it's a very solid sequel. Uh, uh, the, the next Karate Kid, not it's totally not related to Cobra Kai, but like. I was a girl who was into martial arts at, when that movie came out. So that was like, that was my, I, I mean, I loved all the Karate Kid movies anyway, because again, child doing martial arts. So that was like. Rewatch so one, two, and three before you go into Cobra Kai, because there are so many little things. We watched, we just recently rewatched uh, seasons one and two. Uh, uh, and then we watched uh, Karate Kid and Karate Kid Part 2 over the course, you know, because you know, sometimes you got to break a movie up. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we, wa- we, watched the, we watched those two films over the course of a couple of days, and every once in a while we would pause and, like, did you see that? That's, their, that's like, obviously they called back to this moment in the series. You know, there's this and that and all the little things. And there's any, the creators of Cobra Kai obviously were in love with the Karate Kid and its sequels. And were attentive to all the different little details, and they write the characters perfectly. They're spot on, and expanding them in the places they need to be. Because obviously Johnny is a, a one note villain in Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Daniel is he's got depth, but not a lot. They they <laughs> I see you laughing, but they they take the little nuggets in the characters and they expand them in a very believable and wonderful way. That's that's this just absolutely great love letter to the films and to to I think really the eighties too. 
that's awesome. I love that they took the angle of it of not making it Daniel's. I mean, I know Daniel has a, a big part to play in it, but he's not the central focus of the continuation of the story. So you get this like fresh perspective on it that you didn't really have before. So I'm yeah. looking forward to watching it. I really, really can't wait. And I had a pin too. I forget what it was about. But uh, you said Rise. Rise, Ninja yes. Turtles. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Ninja Turtles, I also have not watched Rise. I watched the first episode and it just wasn't for me. Like I didn't like the crazy frenetic pace that it was at and it felt like it wasn't really, it didn't have a lot of substance. That's just how I felt about the first episode. But I just caught a uh, a YouTube clip or it was like on Facebook or something like that of like one of the most recent final fights from the looks of it. And the animation was stunning it looked like it, the the action stuff was really good i mean they're doing all this like mystical stuff with like it's almost like a big mech fight by the end of it which is re- weird and not really ninja turtley but it was fun to watch and then um it was it was not as bad as i was expecting it to be so it almost made me want to give it a chance but we'll see where where it actually ends up if it if the consensus on that falls is good but i didn't watch a lot of the 2012 uh series but i just love that they got like rob paulson back and um they were tying a lot of it into uh the older stuff as well from what mm-hmm. i can remember and which is just so awesome turtles is also one of my all-time favorite properties i yeah. am in love with the idw comic it's fantastic it's absolutely one I'm, i've been talking about uh with my uh my buddy for a while about going back through the whole series um, starting with issue one and uh, doing something, whether it's a, you know, a rival podcast. Do uh, it. Or... Oh man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I would, I would guest on that in a heartbeat. That'd be so oh, much fun. It's... Format is, is the only thing I get. Oh, not, yeah. I've got all the, uh, just the omnibuses. And I honestly haven't bought a single issue of comics in a while because I've just been, uh, quarantine has been weird. So mm-hmm. Also, it's killing the comic industry, but we won't talk about that right yet. Oh, true. Uh, hopefully they can survive on digital. You know, I haven't really, I know you were big, big, big into comics uh, back when, uh, so history, Tom and I used to work together. Uh, and when we would work, we would, you know, talk and hang out. And that was a lot of fun. And one of the things that we had in common a lot was comic books in general. Um, and I honestly have kind of like lulled with books in general. Have you kept up with that or anything like that? Oh, I read comic. I read comics every week i get my i have a digital bundle that i get every wednesday nice i know that um didn't like dc make big noise recently by stopping with diamond if i'm not mistaken the district like diamond is one of like the key is the only like key distributor of comics and dc like basically said that they were going to stop going with them okay so i read i read a lot of articles about that and i don't know if it was ever actually resolved because you you there were rumblings that they were going to, but then I'd also heard that they, that, that they were thinking of not. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. The industry is kind of in flux right now. Anyway, you know, they're canceling, like they just announced like half a dozen titles or something like that are being canceled. So, uh, so many people got laid off um, uh, at Warner. So. Which which is interesting to me because comics, I, mean, I don't know much about the industry, but it seems to me that most of it's done in isolation anyways. So I guess I'm a little confused as to why. I, I, mean, I guess like the offices themselves might be having issues like editorial and people who like work day to day in New York or wherever DC is based out of is New York as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I know they, they historically were in New York, but yeah. Well, OK. So, for instance, um, 
I don't know if this is a direct result of the uh, the pandemic and you know people being quarantined or or what or the industry in itself having had a massive downturn that's been happening for years now. But you know you look at um, uh, Sophie Campbell's run right now mm-hmm. on um, Turtles. Uh, there's no news after one ten, oh, which really? is coming up in two two three issues. So. We, we have we have nothing and usually you have you know you've had previews you know you know that there are going to be titles there's art coming out months in advance last ronin has been pushed back again um to uh, it was supposed to come out this month it's been pushed back to issue one's been october now they're not going to see it's bi-monthly after that so um aquaman is one of the titles that dc was talking about giving the axe to and a young justice Young Justice, by the way, a comic that I had been waiting for for years to come back into a, this renewed format or this new this new universe. You know, mm-hmm. it's all these little things that um, that serve not only to alienate, alienate the fans but also to put this massive amount of um, worry in the community because you're like, if if you're going to take months like on like they they announced, I think that they were hiring new artists for Last Ronin, and that was part of the reason why they were. Um, taking so long to, to put the book out mm-hmm. so months ago we received these previews i'm sure you've seen them these amazing panels for you know whoever the last turtle is to get into this walled manhattan yep beautiful art you know now as a consumer i'm sitting there thinking i've i've invested a lot waiting for this i'm gonna get it no matter what but right i'm a diehard who knows what you know some casual reader is gonna be thinking you know um after all these delays and problems, you know, at production. And yeah, and, and the company or the industry hasn't fully shifted over to digital yet, which I feel might be in their best interest at this point. But I mean, it's such comic is such a tactile medium that it, like if they stopped doing completely like, you know, in-person books, it would be, Oh, a little, a little part of me would, would feel sad. It would hurt. Yeah. Alex, do you still read books or have you kind of slowed down? Not book, comic books. You know what I mean? I read. Yep. Um, I still pick up my books. I still pick up my floppies, but I usually uh, don't read them. Um, a lot of the time, the things that I'm picking up in floppy form are things that I end up buying deluxe hardcovers of anyways. So a lot of the time I wait until I buy the deluxe hardcover and like binge it. Um, that's, that's how I do turtles now. I, I've, I was getting floppies for like five issues and then I went, why am I doing this? And now I just, I get the deluxe hardcovers and I just binge it. And I'm just like, this is great. This is how I should always read comic books. The the best thing about the turtles deluxe hardcovers is they put everything in proper order, which, cause like yep. there's so many different spinoffs and different um, alternate series and uh, like macro series and stuff like that. That is so nice to have them all in one chronological place. It's, the best i th- i think i might be one or two books behind at this point uh i can't remember if the last one i got was shredder on the cover or i think it's krang right now krang uh, uh, the annual this year's annual has uh is a racking oh you're talking about the i'm sorry i thought you were talking about the my bad no I was talking about what he just held in front of the camera. For all of our listening viewers, <laughs> yes. he held the thing in front of the camera, and I put my thumb up. 
guys this is gonna make a great clip it's a good podcast <laughs> so so i do kind of something similar i what I, I do is but I'll, I'll read the issue the individual issues as they come out you know monthly and then at the end i'll also get the nice um collective uh trade so it's so good i love comics it's been forever since i've like dived into them so i really need to get back into it yeah <sighs> fantastic well thank you very much for your top five uh shows we kind of stuck a little bit on oh, that right. um we do have some emails that we can go over, uh, and I think we have a couple of those. So, uh, yay. All right. So this first one is from uh, Dick Van Dyke, actually. <laughs> Ignore the fact that the email says Billy. It's from Dick Van Dyke. Uh, good a afternoon. bone to pick. Uh, good, That's the subject. Yeah, subject, <laughs> subject is a bone to pick. Uh, good afternoon and salutations. This is Dick Van Dyke's agent, Hannah Tenenbaum. After listening to your latest podcast, I felt the need to express the fact that no, Dick will not be attending your podcast in person. We feel it would be a grave mistake given how grotesquely, how grotesquely unwholesome the lot of you are. Imagine ending a podcast by saying bye 6,000 times and not one person thought to make an in-sync bye-bye-bye joke for shame this is not the kind of entertainment i would let my children devour that being said your guest was quite enjoyable and i know dick is looking forward to hearing what new clown you're bringing into the circus next time that's you tom you're the clown (laughs) clown Uh, as a reminder dwightus your oral report on boxcar children is due at the end of the week and every day it is late you lose a letter grade uh hannah corinne demetrius tenenbaum the third esquire and uh there was we looked up this i I looked up this uh address and it's a real address of just i don't know if it's a random person so i'm not gonna read it just for fun so there's not Um, a lot of content there to go over but it's fine legit i really i was thinking about just just the other day uh this just the other day can a and and i mean this in the the non-sexist way but does the esquire um uh, suffix really apply can it apply to a woman because yes. i know historically what it's supposed to mean it can somebody said yeah. that yeah i think it can yeah it absolutely can that's I, going i'm making a game or i'm doing a game right now and uh that was really the reason it came up so now it's going in the game there you go awesome i what does it stand for or what does it like specifically mean because uh, the ignoramus in me only knows it as the magazine and it's, i believe a fancy term for a gentleman what is isn't it? it it's isn't it lawyer related it is lawyer related yeah I, I just looked it up and apparently there's a heavy debate among lawyers oh. a lot of lawyers think it's only for men but a lot of people are like who the fuck cares it can be for anybody yeah, yeah. if there's not an equivalent uh female version then yeah let it be for everyone who cares or even Uh, then who cares but really all this email makes me want to say is fuck you billy (laughs) um so (laughs) unfortunately my my oral report on boxcar children is going to have to wait a little bit longer i have tried so hard to find the boxcar children in real life i i could i could order it off amazon but it's like 15 bucks and I don't really want to do that. And I felt like these things were always like five or seven dollars. So I have been to Target. I have been to Walmart. I have been to Barnes and Noble. I couldn't find it at Barnes and Noble. And it might just be wow. my ignorance of a, chi- a children's section. First off, I feel very awkward standing in the children's section um, <laughs> in general. It's just uh, a little weird because uh, yep. I don't have kids. And so. Yeah, but nobody knows that, though. You know, you could be buying a book yeah. for your child. Yeah, but he knows. Yeah, but I know. He knows. <laughs> I know. And it just makes me feel like. 
because there's all these other kids running around and I'm sitting there in a mask and it's just not the time for me to be in the children's section. A mask section. and like a, a Ninja Turtles t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, like kids. A, it like a big man With a bag of candy with walking ba- around. <laughs> he probably would have a bag of candy and just be munching it. Just, yeah. Not through my mask. And, and, and oh, yeah, puppies true. in a van or something. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. I looked up pound puppies the other day because I remembered <gasps> those randomly from, from being kids. Are they back? Really? They're back. Care Bears, too. Awesome. That's fantastic. I remember Care Bears. I was at work the other day. Big display. Wow. Have they completely redesigned them or are they like their retro classic design? No, they're they're redesigned, but they're the same basic, you know, uh, look. You know, you got yeah. the, the little bear with the symbol <laughs> on its chest. Yeah, I don't you remember know? any it's a, it's I don't remember bear. any of them. The only one I remember is the the lion one that was a Care Bear cousin. It wasn't a Care Bear. <laughs> Okay. Not, not even a core Care Bear. Uh, um, I, I did. I well, this email did bring up a, a great point. It says this is not the kind of entertainment that I would let my children devour. Tom, uh, <laughs> as somebody who has a child, <laughs> this is definitely children. It's for children, right? Oh yeah, a wink, <laughs> a wink and a nod. Yeah, for those who uh, can't see, uh, he's 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 lying. I think we're very wholesome. I agree. Okay. wholeheartedly Holy oh, this is fuck. a long yeah, email brian wrote a lot i haven't uh i don't think i've read it so this is uh this is from brian it's reaction to episode 55 so hello friends firstly it was such a pleasure to have jess on the podcast i agree it's wonderful to get more viewpoints uh gravity falls gifts are my absolute are the absolute best for sure uh your discussion is making me want to revisit it fun fact the pixel art from dwight's favorite episode is from paul robinson who also does the pixel art for scott pilgrim stepping away this is dwight speaking now he also did a very old youtube uh short called kings of power four billion percent and it was a blast and uh really really fun so check out paul robinson's uh pixel art it is really good it that says robertson right what did i say robinson Robinson. robert son the son of robert uh, da, da, da. uh summerween and this cool calendar going back to brian's thing summerween and this cool calendar idea sounds incredible please document and share do you guys remember hanging out with other people i miss that <laughs> i i too would love to hear from uh maddie of art of maddie and others tiffany is absolutely right that the fantasy life was de- that fantasy life was uh deserving of more attention i really hope we still get a sequel I loved the discussion on books and adaptations. It's admirable that adaptations make things more accessible and reach a wider audience, especially when someone, something gets the public spotlight. It's fun to be part of. I don't read as much as I'd like to, but something I love about books and video games is that they challenge readers slash players. There is something very satisfying about completing either and knowing that some people can't or won't makes that special too, makes them special too. The private nature of your own personal journey through a book or game is one of my favorite things about them. Do you all relate to either of these feelings? I'm going to pause there. Does anyone relate to to what Brian is saying here? Yep. I feel I'm going to just jump because I feel like I feel this way about music and albums. Um, No matter if other people enjoy it or have the same favorite song, like my experience listening to an album is very different than somebody else's experience. So like, I totally get that with, with games or books, like how you feel about it and how you interpret it and how you imagine a book um, or a character. My favorite thing I feel like is so personal and it's hard to describe that to other people. So I agree, Brian. Yeah. I I also feel like, 
um, every time you're consuming every type of media or any type of media, you are bringing with it your own personal experiences and like things that made you the person you are today. So everybody experiences everything a little differently. Mm -hmm. It's some, it's something that I think about way more often than I probably should, but like, you know, some things will resonate with different people differently because like somebody will be watching a show and one like tertiary character will be like you'll be like oh my god that's exactly like my second cousin oh and you'll like it'll resonate with you and someone will be like i have no idea what fucking character you're talking about because it's like a one one blow off joke mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that always interested me about you know tv movies video games uh i always really enjoyed him talking about this made me think about journey like he and i have talked about it a lot how experiencing the game journey is like completely different for everyone but everyone loves it it's just such a great game i agree uh tom do you agree with uh, brian's point of view here i don't disagree uh, i think that uh okay so i think obviously that what you put into the story any or or music like tiffany said or, or, or any media that you're consuming is really rather important uh I guess I might be a little odd in this relate in this relation though, because I, I for me, for instance, books. Uh, if, if there's a book series that I'm really into, and I've, I've reread the books a hundred thousand times, and I, I sometimes all I really want is someone to commiserate with and to feel literally the same way mm-hmm. as I do about it. My favorite book series. I have never met anyone in person who's ever read it. And in, or if it's a person that I've foisted the books onto, they didn't really enjoy it. So um, it's, uh, I, I think that, you know, what I take away from it, it's very important, but I really, I, I really like the sense of community that these, this variety of media can provide. And uh, sometimes I don't really get that from things I like. I, I do completely agree with what you're saying, though, about um, the idea of having like a either community or if someone has that shared experience. How many times, Tiffany, have Alex and I talked about a video game and it's like we're speaking a different language just because like yeah. we're either talking a mechanic or we're talking a story beat or we're talking about a fictional planet and a fictional alien race on it and we're discussing like their history. Like that is stuff that is very, you know, granular and uh, it's it's almost like I said, like a, like a secret language. So that type of connection i have had that experience with someone like um specifically about like gaming where it was just somebody who uh was at at work and they were like they were very uh they had just moved here and they were feeling very um not connected with anybody and so somebody actually like brought me over and they were like dwight you like games right so does uh this person and i just asked them a question about like pokemon and we were able to have like a you know 20 minute conversation about pokemon and what we liked about it and how we felt about the new game and everything Mm -hmm. so like there are times when you can form like these instant bonds with people. And those moments are the ones that I think that really are special about this type of medium, uh, which is really cool or mean, not medium, but different fan mediums type of thing. All right. So um, continuing on in Brian's email, uh, Bill, I can eat a turd for spelling my name wrong. Uh, just kidding. Billiam Joseph uh, Rupert the third is great. He can spell my name however he wants. But if anyone else spells it wrong ever again, they will have to give me all their stuff. And listening to this podcast will hereby act as a verbal contract committing to this agreement. 
So everyone, you have now entered a contract with Brian. Uh, please do enjoy. I don't think it'll hold up in court, but I'm not a lawyer, Esquire. Uh, you know, you, you, fun fun fact. Billy has now misspelled Brian's name, and he constantly misspells Bonnie's name. Maybe he just hates that family. Ooh. That's what it sounds like to me. How does he spell Erica? That's what I'm concerned with. Ooh, probably with a C. <laughs> uh, so Brian continues. Great episode. Looking forward to more as always. Miss you all. P.S. Why the honk are you Amazon shopping in the middle of a podcast? Because I can't find boxcar children goddamn anywhere. That's why, Brian. Wow. Oh. This is this is very aggressive. Sitting on my grandmother's bookshelf. Boxcar children? For the last 30 years. <gasps> I Like a hundred of them. I definitely know. I don't know. I, I, we went down a goddamn rabbit hole with uh, with Boxcar <laughs> Children. Like the fact that it came out in the 20s still blows my mind. And on Amazon, you can buy two different versions of the original one. Uh, you can buy like the classic one. Uh, so like I assume it's with the original text, which part of me wonders how shockingly racist it is uh, casually yeah. too. Um, yeah. And like the, there's a newer one that was updated from like the 80s. And I wonder also how shockingly racist no. and sexist that one is. I think it was the 60s. Oh, that might that be it. Sounds right. And then there's like a new version that was like in the early 2000s or more recently that's like super mega updated. Alex, do you have a question? I I just want to say that I hate Corey for asking the question <laughs> that brought boxcar children back into my life so much more than i ever i ever wanted to hear no refunds is this, canceled and we are now a boxcar children review this is podcast. all Corey's fault and i just want to make it clear that i hate him for it okay then we will move on to this uh next email <laughs> titled uh boxcar uh that is oh, the title that, that, is the, that is the subject of it god, god damn it <laughs> I haven't read this one yet. Uh, this one's from Jesse. Uh, hey, everyone. I don't remember what episode you mentioned. It was mentioned, but I'd love to come on and say thanks with my mouth words. Uh, <laughs> Dwight, your favorite retro game, Darkwing Duck, I played and thought it was definitely Nintendo hard. Were you able to beat the game? And if so, the fuck? How? I've been playing Darkwing Duck for 25 years, so it's just muscle memory. And uh, I never beat it as a child. I only beat it like once I replayed it uh, like in my teenage years. Um, also, did you know that Rocket Knight Adventures got a remake for the Xbox 360? It was extremely lackluster and was missing 100% of its charm. I do know that, and I never played it. There was also, uh, if we're going to talk Rocket Knight, there was also a Super Nintendo game called Sparkster. Uh, and I think there was uh, Sparkster 2 or Rocket Knight Adventures 2, uh, neither of which I have played. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm happy y'all are putting out more episodes. P.S. in the Favorite Things episode 2. Did you all talk about Family Guy before you heard Peter's favorite show, or was that more uh, was that or was that more planned after? Just curious. I guess I'll take that one. Uh, yeah, we oh, yeah. Uh, we we put out the call for different uh, TV shows for people to come on or people to submit, and we recorded. Uh, I want to say like that Saturday, and you submitted that much later or later than we recorded. So yes, and um inside baseball jesse already knows this because i talked to him fucking two days ago about this so <laughs> i don't know why i'm repeating it online i don't know who this jesse guy is but he sounds like an asshole we should have him on the podcast we we, we had bonnie on on the last episode so yeah oh i know bonnie and uh jesse also sent one last 
thing. Uh, it's just a... just got done listening to the boxcar <laughs> episode, and he has a meme of uh, "I need more children in boxcars" from uh, J. Jonah Jameson. And sorry if this is a visual gag for your audio-only show. Well, good good news, <laughs> we do video clips now. Apparently, do do we do we? we is we... there anything worth clipping in this episode? <laughs> I need more children in boxcars. That's worth clipping. What is happening? Why I don't are know. We, why I, are I, we so off the rails? Oh, boxcar reference. Choo-choo. I'm, now, I I'm, I'm done. I, I quit the podcast. <laughs> this is it. This is my send-off. Well, Tom's here. We have an opening, Tom. Do you want to be on our yeah. podcast? <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about turtles. <laughs> so, what has everyone been up to? Why don't we do a, a, a standard episode? This will be fun. Uh, oh, yeah, Alex. I think, episode? I think you got to throw it to Tom first because he's the guest. That's Absolutely. How we usually... Hey, how, there's a bus, about... Tom. Wait, I, Alex has a Alex has a question. You're interrupting. I, I, I have a great way to transition into something <gasps> that I know Tom is going to want to talk about because I can see him, and visually speaking, I think he will want to talk about uh, the week <laughs> the weekend of torture that I had to go through. <laughs> Uh, because I went down to visit my good friend, Corey, who I love with all of my heart. Wait, who, is this the same Corey that you hate or a different Corey? The same Corey that I just said that I hate. Is this different from Cowie? Uh, same Cowie. Okay. But I like to call him by his given name. Um, I went to visit my great friend, Corey, and we had a little gentleman's bet Saturday when we went disc golfing. Because he was really excited about this silly thing that was happening on Sunday. And we all told him that he couldn't talk about it at all. Because we're sick of hearing him talk about this sort of stuff. And the gentleman's bet was if, uh, if he could beat me at disc golf, he could talk about it all he wanted. And I would listen to it and I would enjoy it or pretend to enjoy it. And we tied. <laughs> we, we, we tied. So... The agreement was he could talk about it all he wants, but I'm going to shit out it all I want. <laughs> so, it's a compromise. Uh, the entire day, Corey had on his phone this weird stream called DC Fandom. DC Fandom, am I saying that correctly? Uh, Tom? I, I think so. I, I know what you're talking about. I so, did watch. Okay, but. so D DC did this big thing this weekend where they did like. I don't know. It was like six hours of, you know, interviews, reveals on, you know, movies, video games. They talked about comic books. They talked about the Sandman audiobook a bunch. They talked about a little bit of everything. They showed some new gameplay trailers, some new gameplay cinematics, some new movie trailers, new movie teasers. They they showed a lot of everything. and. Nobody can see Tom, but he's wearing a Superman shirt and a Superman hat. And this guy probably has a DC boner as big as Cowie's. So, Tom. I have been, uh, so I, I am 36 years old. I have been reading comics since I was, I want to say, eight. And would you like to know what my very first comic was? Yep. Ooh, the Death yeah. of Superman. Ooh. Ooh. I remember when Death of Superman happened because in the mall there was like this 
it was like a it was called newsstand or something like that hudson news hudson news and i'm they had a comic section and i remember the death of superman bags like very specifically i remember those bags the black cellophane bags yeah uh, sitting right next to presumably right next to the boxcar children on my grandmother's uh, <laughs> bookshelf is uh, my cellophane copy of uh, death of superman with the uh, funeral for a friend armband wow oh that's awesome yeah. I, uh, my, my grandfather specifically bought me two, uh, specifically one to, one to save, one to read and destroy, which is what happened to the one that got read because it got read many, 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 many times. Um, it is, uh, without going dovetailing into, you know, one of the greatest Superman stories ever told, um, one of the greatest Superman stories ever told. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful book, great art, um, Amazing. Anyway, um, so yeah, yeah, um, I like DC just a little bit. Um, it is, uh, I think uh, they they make a better comic than they do a movie, but they they've been putting out some some fun stuff lately. So um, I'm really looking forward to some of the things that came out from those trailers this week. I mean, the Batman. I mean, say what you will about uh, Robert Pattinson. I'm sure he's going to do a great job. It looks like it's going to be a decent movie. My wife can't, says he can't do a good American accent. I'm not so sure. We finally get a de- we're going to get a movie with the the Riddler that isn't Jim Carrey. I said I, for years fairly. that the Dark Knight should have had uh, um, instead of Bane, it should have been uh, the Riddler and whoever else. I don't care who we want. And I thought David Tennant should have played the the Riddler. But that's just me. I remember after Joker, it was like that was the rumor. Was it was gonna, I think yeah. the rumor was Johnny Depp was going to be the the Riddler. That's the one that I specifically remember. Um, somebody even put like a mock up of of him as the Riddler, and I was all on board for that in a Nolan style movie. So the fact mm-hmm. that we're finally getting a Riddler in what looks like a Nolan style movie, I am yeah, very excited yeah. for. I, I also remember people wanting uh, Neil Patrick Harris as the Riddler. They oh, were, I remember they were like that. They were like, it would be so cool to see him do something gritty. And I like, it probably would be really cool because I really liked him in Gone Girl, which was mm-hmm. which was like uh, kind of him showing off his like dramatic acting chops. And I could, I could see him doing like a cool Riddler. But Neil Patrick Harris has already played the ultimate villain. So there's no reason for him to lower himself to anything other than the Dr. Horrible. So I don't know why he would have accepted anything like that. I mean, you make a great point, but also fuck you. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so do you, so uh, obviously the trailer is amazing. Everybody should go watch it. Um, yeah. Do you think that the, the, the person that we're seeing with like the, the weird goggles and like the tape face, do you think that is actually Riddler or do you think that's like a, a misdirection? Because I, I think it's, sorry, I think it's a misdirection. I, I can't imagine you, you, I cannot imagine you put the Riddler in film for the first time in 25 years and not put him in that green suit. What uh, he, I didn't watch all of Gotham, so uh, but you know when when Enigma uh, goes full Riddler eventually, he he wears the suit. I mean, why wouldn't you put? It's iconic. Yeah, it's as it is as iconic as you know. I think as Batman's suit or um, Two Faces scars. So right. I, I know I, I know uh, nothing about Batman, and even I know the Riddler. Like, just I would I would know it and recognize it immediately. Yeah. I I was on vacation last week. And um, I rewatched uh, the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, when I say rewatched, I kind of was clicking forward through it for the highlights, mm-hmm. the parts that I really wanted to see again. 
and uh, during the the Batwoman episode, they're on this alternate Earth with Kevin Conroy's Batman, and uh, he's he's more like a evil, like a Dark Knight Returns meets uh, Kingdom Come kind of uh, Batman. And so he's got this like armature he's wearing. He's evil. He killed Superman. Whole thing. But he's got this display case that's got uh, uh, trophies from his kills that he's had. So he's got a Joker card from when he killed the Joker. It's all bloody. Um, the Riddler's staff is broken. And I, I talking about him made me think of that. It's like, these are, there's reason we use these icons to, to, to show off these characters. There's a reason they showed that case because you know immediately, hey, hey, he killed Mr. Freeze. He killed the Joker. He killed the Riddler. And yeah, like with those like very specific, like immediately recognizable iconography, like even like Catwoman in this trailer, it's like she's got the little ears. It's like you need yeah. that silhouette. You need like, well, you don't need it, but like those things are so immediately like recognizable to modern audiences and everyday audiences. Though. Why wouldn't you go for it? I think you do need it. And that's why in the dark night, uh, in Hathaway's, you know, she had the little, the thing went up and it made it look like cat ears, even though they never uttered the word cat. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I did not remember that they did not even call her that. I Um, I think I've seen it twice, like once in theaters and once. I'm really glad that we started with the only exciting thing to get announced at this, uh, DC fandom. So let's, okay. Okay. Let's, let's, Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's get the salt going. What are you talking about? Wow. Um, they, they announced uh, Rocksteady's continuation of the Arkham universe. What's not to be excited about for that? Go- Gotham Knights? No, yes. no, no, no. no. Uh, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad oh. game. Oh. The Suicide Squad the, game. I is missed actually, that. Yeah, there's a Suicide Squad game, and it's the continuation of the Arkham Knight uh, universe. Or okay. the Batman so, Arkham universe. So here's the reason that I don't think the Suicide Squad game. It's like Suicide Squad kills the kills. justice league what's the, is and that the name of it i think like the tagline is kill the justice league i don't okay. know if like that's the actual title so the the reason that i don't think that this is exciting is because they did what i hate whenever any video game does it is they show me no single like thing that's gameplay and then give me a year that is two years away oh i missed for that a date <laughs> Oh, so I was like the moment that date came up, I looked at Corey and I go, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I was done. I was just like, if you're going to give me an announcement, like either show me something and tell me like late next year, then I can like 12 months is really my, my limitation on my excitement window. If you, if you, you're gonna oh man i thought the game the cinematic was really cool and then they did that and i just went oh okay i'm gonna forget about this and just pretend i didn't see anything and i didn't like, know that it was um, two years you're right file that away i'm excited my though. excitement will happen later when i know more i i'm just really happy that well, okay to be fair i'm a little bit disappointed that rocksteady is still doing a batman franchise uh, or a dc franchise I really wanted them to do a Turtles Turtles game. I think that Rocksteady doing a Turtles game would have uh, mm-hmm. been the most amazing thing. Not only because they're called Rocksteady, but because, you know, I love that combat. That combat applied to Turtles would have been amazing. But they, yeah. I really, I loved Arkham Asylum. I really, really enjoyed Arkham City. And I thought I, Arkham Knight was very good. So I am. I. Ooh, that's an unpopular <laughs> opinion. It is. People don't like that game. I. I know. Arkham Knight is a is a terrible game. Like I. I. I think Arkham Asylum is a masterpiece. I think Arkham City is very good. I think Arkham Knight is 
hot garbage. I like the story. That's, that's me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the story. Yeah, I, I love the story. I thought the story was like a nice, nice ending. It was great to see that, like be back in this world again. I love the stuff they did with um, with Joker and, and Batman. Like that was a lot of fun. Um, I just like art, uh, Rocksteady being in this world. And so the fact that this is like they're kind of freed now, they don't have to stick to like a Batman formula. I'm excited to see right. what they can do when they like kind of flex their muscles and and move forward into this. Uh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Suicide Squad. So um, I like this guy. <laughs> fair, it's fair. Um, but speaking of Suicide Squad, uh, they also released the basically like the giant cast list for the new movie, and I am so excited for what James Gunn is going to do with this. I have not seen the first one, but I love James Gunn, and that man has uh, my attention. I agree. Does anyone? Uh, else? Uh, he, he's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I think James Gunn's great, but I. I have trouble getting excited for a DCEU movie uh, because it's the DCEU and they've failed me so many times when they've gotten me excited because I remember, I remember being excited for Suicide Squad, the first one, being mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this could be so much more different than the shitty, gritty shit that they're trying to throw at me with all this like, uh, like Batman v Superman Dawn of like poopy and like they they tried to give me all this shit and i just hate i was hating all of it so much and then they were like suicide squad's gonna be funny it's gonna be like this one this universe is guardians of the galaxy and i'm like oh my god they're gonna do something different this now is gonna be, be great and then it was just like the biggest turd that dc has ever laid and that is saying a lot <laughs> and it was so disappointing and you know when you listen to the director and the cast talk about it they're like oh the the involvement from warner brothers really fucked up the movie like the editing process is why the movie got ruined like that they, they basically say that warner brothers interfered so much that it got ruined and now i'm like well then why would i have faith in warner brothers to not ruin another amazing looking cast with an amazing looking director so because, I'm cautiously optimistic, but because Nathan Fillion's playing someone called Fall, Arm Fall Off Boy, I've never heard of that person, but that sounds amazing. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I, I I'll watch anything Nathan yeah. Fillion's in, but uh, color me unimpressed. <laughs> I agree. Who else was on that list? I try to remember. Um, it Idris was Elba. Elba, like that was the Paul one Idris. that I was like Idris Elba. Hey. Uh, Hey. Pete Capaldi's Davidson, um, uh, Peter Capaldi, John Cena, John Cena, John Cena uh, Michael Rooker. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Sean Gunn. Shocker shocks. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, Pete Davidson's on it. Not that that's anything great, but that'll be interesting. Um, Nathan Fillion, Steve Edgy, Sean Gunn, uh, da, da, da. some returning people: Viola Davis, um, Margot Robbie, Jai Courtney. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of returning people, why would you bring back Joel Kinnaman, literally the most boring character from the first movie? Rick Flagg is iconic. He, he <laughs> the only. Re I'm just saying the only reason they're not bringing back um, um, uh, Will Smith is because Will Smith's crazy. So, right. Uh, but but if you're gonna do these kinds of stories, if you're gonna do these kinds of movies, you need to include the characters 
that are important to the stories. And like I said, I don't like Suicide Squad, but I've, I've read a number of Suicide Squad comics going back decades. And, you know, um, Deadshot is, you know, one of the iconic characters of the Suicide Squad, of Task right. Force X. So the fact that they're not including him in this one was where they lose me a little bit, but that's only from yeah. a fanboy perspective. Yeah. That, I think that's an interesting point, but also Joel Kinnaman can't act. So like, just, just okay. take, just take him out of your movie. Like they should be distancing themselves from the garbage fire that they made before. Have you seen uh, for all mankind? Yes. You didn't like him in that? No, I've never, I have never seen a movie where Joel Kinnaman, I was like, oh man, that man can act. I've seen movies where I thought, oh, that movie was pretty good, even though Joel Kinnaman was in it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll. But, but Taika Waititi is going to be in this movie. That's what I was just going to say. And Taika. Taika makes my heart Taika. smile. The fact that he's the only one that has like no character associated with him, I'm like, can he just play himself? Can it just be can it just be Taika as Taika? Because that would be amazing. Uh, I I know that there's also been some news about uh, the new Shazam movie. I didn't see the original one, but I know that it was really really well received, and I absolutely love the director. Um, And I know he's back for the second one. Did anyone hear anything about that or any news Uh, about that? Or I think I think they mostly just gave a title for it and then just talked to Zachary Levi a bunch, but. The, the real big Shazam news this weekend was they gave a cinematic, like, not even te- I guess they called it a teaser, but it's like an animated teaser trailer for the Black Adam movie that was narrated by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, but once again, it was really nothing news because it's a movie we already knew was happening and it showed us nothing actually about the movie. So nothing news. Two I- thumbs up. I absolutely hate, like, I get you have to announce people and start, announce things and start the hype cycle, but, like, the teaser trailer before the teaser trailer, and now we have uh, a voiceover before the animated teaser that's still concept art, and I'm like, can we just stop doing that? Can we just make a movie, release the trailer when it's ready, and then I can stop seeing your teaser for the teaser for the for the mini teaser for the teaser for the 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 character announcement like i i'm done i'm so over that hype cycle thing let me say this i think i agree (laughs) with you wholeheartedly in every other instance but in this one how long ago did they announce the rock as black app before shazam came out right like yeah yeah, right like so okay if you don't do something with it, people are going to start saying, well, uh, look at, uh, um, what's his name? The guy who plays Superman. Um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, yeah. Look, he's exited the franchise. Oh, Ben Affleck's not going to be Batman anymore, but he is again. Uh, all these these high-profile exits and stuff, then people are going to be like, well, mm, I guess the Black Adam movie's never going to happen. So tease it with right. a little something right. saying, hey, what- we're still thinking about it. Wouldn't it be so much more interesting if you let people forget about it and 
let them like give up hope and then you drop an actual teaser Trailer. where no. you get or like where you actually get to see Dwayne Johnson in like a Black Adam outfit and be like oh my god this actually looks cool I, I can actually have feelings about something I don't think the give up hope angle is ever going to be used so no oh, I don't yeah. think that's I'm, a good idea I'm, I'm on board for the give up hope angle because Same. you should never play your hand as early as they did with the Black Adam thing and then be like, oh, no, whoops, well, that, that we shouldn't have done that. We should have oh, done that like three years later. You, you mean like five years ago they shouldn't have played right. that hand? Yeah, yeah. Mm. They shouldn't have played the hand five years ago is what I'm saying. I got one thing to say to that. What will we, ta- what will we be talking about right now if they did that? Um, we, would talking, we would probably be talking oh. about something good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. Alex doesn't like DC. <laughs> um, okay, so you, you, I, I just want to give you like the caveat of I've been friends with Corey for a decade, and I get an earful of DC constantly. So all and and Corey is my punching bag. I love Corey with all my heart, but for some reason I verbally abuse him, like like I hate him with all my heart. So. Most of what I'm saying comes from a place of love. He says as he laughs. <laughs> Poor Corey. I um, overall thought the news was very positive. I, I am admittedly not a big DC guy, but in general, I think that most of what came out of this, I'm mo- more excited for than not. Tiffany, was there something you wanted to? I was going to say, can I say, I know we. I saw the Wonder Woman trailer for the first time today and like, I, I initially I was like oh yeah and then now I've kind of cooled on it like immediately because it told me nothing mm-hmm. and it just I, mm, I don't know so I'm afraid of I'm afraid of sequels because the first Wonder Woman like I don't give a shit about DC either I well I shouldn't say that because I I do kind <laughs> of but Wonder Woman Wonder Woman like blew my fucking mind and I was like crying in the theater and it just like was so wonderful and amazing and this trailer like was cool and then now I'm like thinking about it I'm like it doesn't have that same like cool other than Gal Gadot being fucking gorgeous as god she's so beautiful see see, i kind of i'm gonna have to disagree with tiffany on this oh i I actually really liked the wonder woman trailer because it told me nothing i don't like the same reason i like the batman trailer it's like it it gives me a feel for the tone of the movie it shows me like things like robert pattinson Mm -hmm. shows me him like punching random goons shows me his relationship with like gordon to a certain degree but doesn't give away too much but it gives me just enough to be like okay i kind of understand what kind of movie this is going to be i understand what i'm signing up for by spending my money to get a Mm. ticket to this i'm not sure of the end quality of the movie but that's not what like if if a movie if a trailer's trying to sell you on the quality of a movie it's gonna have to tell you like the whole plot which means the movie's probably garbage (laughs) so I like that it told me nothing. I was actually, that was what, I guess when I said Batman was the only good thing to come out of it, I actually really liked the Wonder Woman trailer too. I just don't like trailers. I am very uh. anti, I'm very anti-trailer. I don't get excited for trailers. So this, this could be why. I don't know. I, I'd rather just watch the movie, which is why I've like, if I watch a trailer, I'm like, just tell me everything that happens now. So then I can like, cause yeah. I'll still watch it. Cause I don't care about spoilers and, 
that doesn't bother me. Like, I just want to know what I'm going into. I just, I don't know. Maybe I've been burned too many I times. I love trailers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hear that. Um, I absolutely love trailers. I think, I, so I worked in a, a movie theater when I was in high school, and I love the cinema-going experience. And, um, you know, I went to drive-ins when I was a kid. And um, everything about the cinema experience is, is absolutely wonderful to me. And I think that the trailers... Um, the previews, whatever you want to call them, are absolutely um, essential to that. Now, I, I think we've taken them to a completely different extreme um, to where we see them today, and they are these massive, uh, like big, big releases. You know, that are, that are everybody's waiting for them with bated breath. And I agree with you that trailer upon trailer for the trailer for the <laughs> trailer of the cinematic of the thing mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need, but. Uh, I I watched that uh, Wonder Woman trailer, and I was mm-hmm. I was as you were describing your experience from <laughs> having watched it. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "Were we watching the same trailer?" <laughs> and, and Alex goes and says this thing, and I'm like, Did, were, "Was there a different trailer that came out <laughs> this weekend?" Because I I felt completely like uh, I, I see it. You see it. And, it's there. Uh, it's there. It's there. there. The stuff, it's on screen. <laughs> there it is. Now, the stuff that I want to know about it. You know, who who are my uh, my villains? Who? What is just the danger, so to speak? The conflict. Mm-hmm. The conflict. Thank you. The stakes. Um, and um, everybody knew Chris Pine was coming back in this film, so him showing him is not something that was surprising. Um, mm-hmm. But I think some people may have thought, you know, what is he, is it a dream? Is it real? Nobody knew yeah. really to the extent of which he was going to be in it. And the fact that you see so much of him in the trailer doing a lot of different things, I think uh, kind of solidifies in people's minds. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be an actual part of the movie. So it did for me, it, it answered things that I wanted to, um, uh, with the, and it showed me everything I wanted to see with the exception of the scary uh, cats like CGI on Cheetah. So that was the one thing I was going to point out is they the fact that they actually showed that they were going to go there with the Cheetah transformation. I was a little yeah. bit not concerned with that. I'm not a big fan of Kristen Wiig in general, so I'm a little apprehensive of her having such a major role in this. However, in this trailer, it kind of assuaged some of my concerns. Like I think that she is sufficiently menacing looking, at least in the trailer, and the fact that they actually went they went there with the DC weirdness is kind of very cool. I think um, I never, I haven't really gotten into a lot of the, uh, the CW stuff, uh, the arrow flash, that type of stuff. But I know like in flash, for example, in the very first season, didn't they do gorilla, gorilla, God, Grod? Grod is Grod. in. Yeah. So like that's DC weirdness adapting to yeah. live action, which is really cool. I know Shazam. I think they've set up for the sequel, the caterpillar thing. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Like so that's cool that DC is willing to take these kind of like risks with like unusual stuff. It's not just, you know, um somebody with a matching power set punching somebody yeah. else now, which is yeah. uh, was kind of the first movie to an extent, you know, a god fighting a god, but uh now they're like, you know, a god fighting a cheetah woman. Like in theory, the god would fucking crush her. So I'm curious as to how this movie is going to make their fight even and uh what they're going to do with that and i love the aesthetic tone they're going with this i love the the, just like the color palette that they've chosen i also really liked um the 
Chris Pine joke at the end, which was just a cute callback to her trying on costumes in the first movie. I really like where I like the the charm that this movie seems like it's going to have. So I'm excited. Can, can I say that doesn't mean I'm not excited because Wonder Woman now holds a special place in my heart just for what I feel like she did. I mean, historically, but like in recent movie film world, like for female superheroes she was the first and i feel so connected to that first movie and like just holds a special place in my heart and like i love joint you were talking about the chris pine jokes and i love that it just it just spins that whole like the girl and her fancy outfits like thing you know takes it to that level too like the the guy you know chris pine is like the side piece you know as opposed to the woman who's usually the you know the side character and the love interest like that he is that for Wonder Woman, and they've, I love they've, that. They've completely switched roles now. Now, yeah. she is the one who has adapted to modern yep. modern times and technology, mm-hmm. and he's the fish out of water. So that's an, yep. at least a good angle for them yep. to have on it. Yeah, that's very fun. I can't wait. I think Wonder Woman, the first one, was the best movie that they've put out. And um, I, I mm-hmm. think that the trailer is lining it up to be something pretty... Um, at, at, at minimum, it's going to be something special. I don't... Unless uh, they drop the ball completely, I can't imagine how it's gonna. You know, it's not gonna be a Batman versus Superman. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think there's a potentiality that Warner Brothers could drop the ball completely <laughs> with a movie? Oh, hey, let's talk about the one of the other <laughs> things that came out this week. <laughs> the Snyder uh, Cut. The trailer. Snyder Cut. Yes. Well, I was actually well, gonna what add a, that before what a we great segue. Before we jump into that, because so similar. Uh, Tom, you might know the answer to this better. Is the DCEU uh, at large in dead, basically? Like, have they stopped with these, like, extended, um, like, the interconnectivity? Or, like, is something like, so is something like the Snyder Cut, like, basically, like, the nail in the coffin or, like, the final piece of this? Or does something like the Flashpoint, is that supposed to retcon things? How how do you feel about the Snyder Cut and why? I don't know. Okay. uh, So it all kind of is encapsulated in in one in my feelings for the Snyder cut, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think it's completely dead. I think that you hit your, you hit it pretty hard. Um, The fact that um, you're going to get that we're supposed to get, I should say um, uh, two different versions of Batman in um, the flash film. I think just says exactly what you're saying. You know, we're probably going to see some sort of reboot. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think they botched, you know, the rollout. They botched uh, everything that they wanted to do with those films. But I what, think uh, what what sorry, is the go Snyder ahead. Cut going to entail? Like, what's the Snyder Cut? Do I know it's just is it just a re-edit or do they shoot new things for it or or what? I from my understanding, they went and did the all the the vis effects. They didn't completed that, um, but it. it the movie that Zack Snyder wanted to make was effectively completed. Oh. Um, Joss Whedon went and recut and reshot uh, some like 25, 35% of that film. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason, you know, you get, you know, Henry Cavill's lip. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Alex's fault because he likes Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah, you get Henry Cavill's lip because he went to make a much better movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> I am not a Justice League apologist. I think right. even even when we go and watch the Snyder Cut next year, it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be the Avengers. It's not going to be Infinity War or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think that it's going to be a much better product. Yep. Absolutely. Because Zack Snyder, for all of his faults, has 
a vision and he had a vision from the very beginning. Yeah. And I think that you're going to see that play through. Um, I think that, uh, I think visually speaking, he's a very gifted filmmaker. Um, and I think that Joss Whedon had done him dirty. Yeah. I, I think Zack Snyder is nothing if not consistent. I think, uh, I am very interested in seeing the Snyder cut. I, you're going to invest four hours of your life into saying this thing. What exactly did I say? Uh, what did I call it? Uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Poopy, I think is what I called it <laughs> yeah. earlier. Yeah. I I watched the extended director's cut that they released because, well, mostly because I was being a very good friend to Corey and to Jess. So Jess didn't have to experience it, and I watched it with Corey. So you're welcome to both of you <laughs> uh, because that was terrible. But hey, I I watched it, and it's watchable. I mean... Zack Snyder is not is at least a competent enough director that his bad movies are watchable. Um, he has a I'm, lot of style that I think, for the most part, is at least visually appealing to look at. Yeah, I also was very interested because they talked about it. They were like, "It's four hours, but it it's cut into one hour like episodes." They basically mm-hmm. are selling it as a mini series to a certain degree, where you can you can watch it uh, in an episodic fashion, which I'm interested in because there, there have been movies like the Irishman. I know it's not a superhero movie, but it was like a four hour Netflix movie that I sat down to watch. And 30 minutes in, I went, Holy fuck. This is another three hours. And I like that that they're owning it. They're going, this is four hours. So we're going to cut it up for you. I'm sorry. There are movies that aren't comic book movies. Uh, yes, there are. There are. <laughs> I know that that's a foreign concept. And if you've only experienced DC movies, have I got news for you? There are good movies in this world. Hey, Batman movies are good. Yeah. Yeah, Batman and some begins. Superman movies. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, Batman Begins is the only Batman movie. Batman oh, Begins. Sorry, the, hot take. Batman hot Begins take. is the best Batman movie. Hot take. You cannot change my mind. Batman Begins <laughs> is two <laughs> different movies smushed together. It's a good movie. Do not get me wrong, but it is two two movies with dissonant tones smushed together. You you want to talk about actual two movies with dissonant tones smushed together? We're already talking about Justice League. Yes, definitely. I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, but yeah, I'm like when they first announced the Snyder Cut. I remember Corey. I'm just gonna keep bringing him up during this segment because he's my touchstone for DC. He's not here to defend um, himself. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I remember Corey texting me and me being like, why the fuck should I care? Like, why? And I I mildly, I've gotten to the point of like, I care 10%. And, I, and that's enough for me to, because it's coming straight to HBO Max, I can just watch it um, and don't have to pay for it. And hopefully it's not a waste of my life. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel, actually, uh, because before um, when, before I remember that I, I have HBO as part of my subscription and all that crap, yeah, uh, same thing to myself uh, when I heard about it. I was like, do I really want to subscribe just for that? No, no, I don't. No, I really, don't. I don't care that much. I respect um, you. 
I am a, like I said, I'm a DC fanboy. I'm a diehard DC fanboy, but I'll tell you, I, I, those movies, I said right up front, they, they make a much better comic than they do a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, time was, they made really great animated movies. They, they kind of fell off of that one too. I, I love that you brought up animated movies because they announced also yesterday. Is today Monday? I don't I've lost know. All, yes. I've lost all track of time. Yesterday, <laughs> they also announced that they are doing The Long Halloween as an animated movie. Holy shit, really? And, and that is one of my absolute favorite batman stories and i am super on board they Uh-oh. fucked up um they uh, fucked up the killing they, they fucked, fucked up killing, killing joke, joke. Oh. they fucked up hush they're they're gonna suck they're gonna they're gonna mess it up they're, they're, there's no i don't i don't have any faith in water yeah. animation, animation. But, but like Warner in general yeah yeah i mean not having faith in warner is a great place to stand because 90 percent of the time you're going to be right <laughs> i still have my book on the on the shelf it is not ruined I need to reread that. I love Long Halloween. It's I, easily my I have, It's story. a phenomenal. It's... I have my absolute Long Halloween sitting right here, where you can totally see me gesturing. Whoa. So have, have have we talked enough about DC? No, uh, never. Can, can can we? I was told to keep this segment short by Jess. She asked me very politely. <laughs> she said, "Can you please keep the DC segment short?" And I said, "I'll try." Oh no! We're only an hour. I've been recording for an hour and thirty-four. So minutes, we've but... lost. We've lost one listener already. So... so we're down. We're we're not in double digits anymore. We're at nine. Yeah, listeners. We're we're down to nine listeners. God That's damn upsetting. it! That's upsetting. Um, speaking of my weekend. Oh. <laughs> since since DC DC fandom was was the end to my great weekend. Like I said, like speaking you, of Jess and Corey, wait, I, bet, oh, I spent actually, last wait, When you have to explain the segue, it's not a good segue. Right. Well, you made a face like that's not a good segue, and I because it's not. I, I was explaining to you. <laughs> I think that's a great segue. I started the segment by talking about how my weekend was filled with DC conversation with Corey. Now I'm explaining my segue to everyone because Tiffany has upset me. You know what makes a good segue is having it be five minutes long. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So let me detail to you exactly what I'm talking about. Tom, um, is this what you thought it would be like? It's just us screaming at each other? 100%. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom's just going meets expectations. Yeah. Also not coming back. <laughs> so Alex, how was your weekend? Um, so uh, that's a segue. I wanted- Something Can you tell me a little bit more about why you're describing that? This yeah, way? I, I, I could do that. Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about one thing that I did this weekend, which actually ties back into episode 54 then. I went down to visit Corey, Jess, Maddie, and Kyle and took part in one of the events on her event calendar, yeah. which, which was the drive-in. So we um, went to the drive-in on Friday night and as most people know, you know, movies aren't really coming out. So most drive-ins are just showing old stuff. And this date was set in place because Kyle's schedule is really busy for work. And so we didn't have an option. Like, we couldn't move it if they were shitty movies. So we were just waiting to see what movies were going to be on the screens and hoping that we were going to get a good pairing. And boy, did we get one of the best pairings I could possibly think of, which was Clueless with Mean Girls. Whoa! I, Whoa! 
So I've never seen uh, Clueless. So it's been this, a while. This was the really exciting part. Jess and I were the only two that had seen Mean Girls. So three of the people there hadn't seen it yet. And everyone there loved Mean Girls. So it was a perfect pairing. I was really nervous that they wouldn't like uh, Clueless because while Clueless and Mean Girls definitely are of the same ilk, they are definitely very different movies in terms of how they are comedic and how they deal with you know high school dynamics because one was made in 1994 and one was made in 2004 and things changed a lot in a decade um but everybody liked clueless and everybody loved mean girls it was a great time we all got milkshakes it was amazing and i got to hang out with people in real life and it was it was very nice to have human interaction (laughs) Sounds like a plus. I, I don't have much to say about either of those movies. Like I've never seen I I've seen Clueless on TV and I don't remember much of it. And uh, Mean Girls is more of a uh, Tiffany movie, and I yeah, I, I liked it. That, it definitely made my top ten list. It did. It definitely did. It's definitely still there. Yeah. The one only my... reason. Oh, sorry, Tiffany. No, I I was just gonna say one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, uh, the only reason I wanted to talk about this was because A, I knew it wouldn't take up a lot of time because nobody could possibly have much to say about it. And B, I just wanted to like give a call back to something that we talked about on the last episode and something that was brought up in an email earlier where Brian was talking about talking about it. And yeah, it was so uh, one of the other reasons that that I asked Tom to be on here is because Tom actually has some expertise in uh, some Dungeons and Dragons slash role playing games that I know none of us really do. Um, so Tiffany, I know that you recently this weekend played uh, another uh, session of Dungeons and Dragons. How how did that go? My second time ever. I got dice now. What? Ooh, Dwight Math Rocks. Dwight bought me some dice. I picked them out. Oh yeah, they're very pretty. Again, for the for the listeners, you can't hear it, but you can. Whoa, we can hear them, but you can't see them. I got my own dice dice because I didn't. I didn't hate it the first time. So this weekend we played again, (laughs) and we encountered our first monster, and I got to do combat. And now I really don't hate D and D because that was really fun. I don't think I care about the walking around and being like, "I pick up this thing." Eh, not for me because I'm not engaged and I don't know how to like think about stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I can't see this room. Like, I have no idea what it looks like. Like, whatever. But if you tell me there's a monster and I get to swing my imaginary swords and daggers at it, I'm in. They 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 fought a a very classic D and D monster, a mimic. Uh, it was Ooh, in the shape nice. of a uh, a big flask uh, or a big uh, a big wine ca- a big wine barrel cask. cask thing. And uh, so the mimic came to life. And Tiffany is a level one rogue, and she managed to do seventeen points of damage in one turn to it, which is nice. fucking insane. <laughs> that that's great. It was very impressive. It was great. It was the most tactile, and I think the fact that it's turn-based also just made more sense to me. It's like when everything started to click, I was like, okay, there's turns, there's things that I can do. It just felt, it felt like I could keep up more than just, you know, we're in a room and you're doing this, and everybody else is like, I do this and I do that, and I'm like, I do nothing, I just follow. Like, I have no idea. So it felt, 
it felt better and more fun and more engaging. And there was like an end goal versus just you explore the room. It was like, okay, this is a thing. And there's a goal to kill this thing. And it made so much more sense to me. Hearing your feedback on that is going to, I'm going to redo the way we do some exploration in our upcoming sessions. Um, And so I, I like that. Also, mm-hmm. I got some feedback from uh, Jesse, who told me to stop being so down on myself as a DM. So I'm going to officially yeah, try I, to stop wait. being down on myself. I, I was the first person to tell you that. Okay. So I, I think this I want to make that clear. This is similar in the way that like whenever I give Tiffany a piece of feedback or tell her that she'll like a piece of media, she's always like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. Eh. And then as soon as and then as soon as um I interact or as soon as somebody else gives her like that same piece of advice she's just like oh i want to watch this movie now or i want to watch this show something coming from an external source that's not like somebody you're very close with and i'm not saying i'm not close with jesse but i mean we do a podcast together alex so right right there's that that level of so so you're saying i've reached wife status with you (laughs) is is what you're trying to tell me you probably reached wife status before my wife Wow. What? Wow. Remember I, our wedding when you were totally in the wedding party? I do remember that. I do remember. I remember being intentionally invited to your bachelor party, a party and not only getting to go because there was an extra ticket. There's a lot of like these like weird like gas lamps on my wall right now. And uh, I want you to have one because you were totally in my wedding party no i'm not gaslighting you at all no oh okay no 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 sweet baby boy i would never do that i love you and i'll I'll never i'll I'll never hurt you again oh okay. Um, what is happening (laughs) well that that took a turn it Um, definitely did yeah i can understand that sometimes when sometimes being told something if it's coming from somebody that you're too close to it it, it doesn't resonate as as deeply exactly it's not that i don't trust your opinion it was just one of those things like i guess like hearing it enough times kind of reinforces it and so i think when you hear like a an outside party being like hey no actually it's an easy way it's an easier way to um accept that i believe right i get it um but also, I just want to be the hipster and be like, I, I said it first. You so were there first. That's true. That's I, true. I, like, I was, I was first. So, you know, Jesse, take a back seat. Fair enough. The first, first is the worst. And right. it's true. That, that is a classic. That is an accurate statement. And I will not ever tell you that I'm better than Jesse. <laughs> Uh, so, so Tom, um, I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you also are into um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and role playing. I think that there's another couple of systems that you've you've played. I've never played anything other than D and D and a little bit of Pathfinder. Uh, what, what what's your history with with this type of stuff? I have cast the bones once or twice before. Um, so I have much like my my comic book reading has been since I was but a wee bubby. Um, I have been doing uh, RPGs since I want to say the seventh grade. Yeah, we'll say seventh grade. We'll pretend that's what it is. Um, and you know, it, my my introduction to it was you know D and D during lunch and study hall. You know, this was back when with the TSR AD and D. You know, Thaco two hit armor class zero for all of you math nerds out there. That was no. those were words, and that means nothing to me, unfortunately. My first was third edition. Yeah, those were words. I can confirm that. 
they were in fact words. Thaco, I don't think is an actual word because the O in Thaco is actually the the numeral zero. Oh. So, so it's not not a real word. Uh, okay. So yeah, I, I I started off playing uh, AD&D back in the day, um, long long ago, and in the somewhere in the late nineties. Uh, my interest kind of swapped because like most kids in the late 90s i fancied myself dark and edgy my trench coat wore a trench coat <laughs> yes did, did the matrix have a profound effect on you i started playing vampire the masquerade years before the matrix came out oh, but uh, yes it did hipster true story he was wearing hipster uh, trench coats <laughs> that were in fact also wearing trench coats uh, but i was also before that yeah. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so yeah, uh, as you alluded to, do I, I play a lot of um, the White Wolf Storyteller System games, which um, I think that Tiffany might actually enjoy because guess what? It's all about character. You're making a bold statement by saying that I would enjoy something. Uh, and here's the thing: if you've actually... listened to previous episodes, you know that I hate recommendations. Okay, so here's the thing. Just, I, you're fine. No, 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 actually, it's funny you should say that too, because uh, as you were describing your D and D experience and the the things you liked and disliked, or liked and were maybe disengaged with, um, I actually think that perhaps the storyteller games would not, in fact, be for you, um, because uh, it seems like the theater of the mind stuff is not what engages you as much. You said you like all the, the turn-based combat and yeah, things like that, yeah. and there are certainly games that are like that. Um, but the most of the storyteller games, not so much. So I play uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Changeling the Dreaming, that kind of stuff. These are amazing games for people like myself because I fancy myself a storyteller, and I have for you know, literally um, almost two decades with the same group have been our primary wow. storyteller, wow. Um, or GM, or DM, whichever. Uh, parlance you want to use um yeah for that most of that time I, with the occasional you know hey you can play you can be the storyteller you be the storyteller you you run want to run D D, buddy yeah you go ahead run D D. whatever you want so um right now i'm, I'm actually saturday was session zero for my uh world of the apocalypse game with my friends we were on zoom much like i am with you folks right now uh getting our uh, character their characters all situated and uh, I'm running a online change on the Dreaming Chronicle right now via Discord. Have you done much um, online gaming in, during uh, this whole pandemic portion? Because I know uh, Alex and I have played a little bit, and I think for the most part it's been relatively successful. Um, I, I don't know how you have trans how your transition from in person games to online games. How, how has that been? My best friend has uh, a lot of underlying conditions where if he had, if he was to get sick and you know where I work. Uh, so, you know, that I see a lot of people. So I, my concern is getting somebody else sick. So we had, we did transition to online gaming um, back in, I want to say March. Uh, sounds about right. That, that's anyway, about when uh, everything kind of hit the fan. So that, that's, that tracks. Yeah. Um, and we we've all we gather on Zoom, and we've always had one of our uh, one of our players play call in via Zoom or another um, service mm-hmm. to play with us because oh, okay. he's on he's on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. But having all of us 
do that. So it's me, my wife, her best friend, my best friend, and my brother. And uh, it's like, it's, it's so weird. Like for, for the first couple of months, my wife and I were literally in separate rooms. I was sitting where I am in my bedroom right now. You're kind of like, yeah. Kind of, it's like doing. me and Tiffany. Literally. She's all the way over there. We have no idea what this is actually like. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my wife and I, she would be in the living room on her desktop. I'd be on my laptop in the bedroom. And it was like, it, for me, it's having the people in the room there is obviously much better. Um, we, we've been lamenting the fact that, you know, we just figured out a really good setup for, um, for what we were doing in, in that time. And so it was like, right when we got it good, everything went and hit, hit the fan. But, uh, I mean, it, you make do what you can. Um, it, it, it's impacted it a little bit. I think, I think some of the players get a little disengaged because it's very impersonal. Mm -hmm. And I think storytelling by its very nature, you know, you, you, you kind of want, especially in-person storytelling, like where someone is, I am telling you a story. Uh, you want to have that connection. It's, it's easy. I could tell you a story right now, but I don't think it, we would have the same connection as it would if we were all, all four of us in the room together. I 100% agree. Like having everyone sitting around that table, everyone engaged, you, know, you dim the lights, you, you get into that mood where it's like a story and a like, you know, a shared experience as opposed to like, oh, someone's getting up to go to the bathroom. Someone's, you know, uh, muted themselves to, to take a drink or all that type of stuff. It's a little bit uh, disconnected, but for the most part, I think it's it's worked for what we have been able to do, uh, which has been I nice. I agree with that. Uh, I so agree with that wholeheartedly. It works for what we are trying. We are looking forward to the day when we can all sit around the table together once again. Yeah, I, I just played my first in-person D&D session in, I don't know, eight months, nine months. And December, it feels so nine months. Shit. So it just it just feels so different. And so like. I'm not saying that any of the sessions I've played online haven't been a lot of fun, but it's a, it's so different playing in person. Mm -hmm. And I think that playing in person has a lot more advantages, but there are a few of those disadvantages that I think actually shine in the online play. So like, I think it's a give and take. I, there, I have at least two campaigns that are, are all online and I've really enjoyed both of them, but I, I think my, my campaign with, or where I'm playing, but Dwight's DMing, it's just, it's so much fun to get in, in person and just, you know, roll, roll the dice. It, it's also a lot easier, I think, to get lost in the game when you're in person. Like, um, I, I, I think most of our online games, the average session has been like two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Maybe we've pushed four, but we've had like eight hour, 10 hour sessions. Marathon sessions. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they accidentally end up that way because it's just like that's where the story is going and like there's no real natural breaking point and everyone's having such a good time so it's easy to get like lost in those days um which is you know super fun but online it's always like you know you're staring at that screen uh, which is yeah. a little little dis disheartening tom how is um the the vampire systems or the you said the white story uh is that what it's called oh, the uh white wolf, white wolf. Uh, is the name of the company that originally published the games and so they created a, a shared universe called the world of darkness oh cool and so you've got vampires werewolves ghosts fairies wizards 
That's yeah, exciting. That. So how how does that system differ from what the average or some like from what D and D is? Like, is it uh, drastically different? Not that different? What what's the what's the major selling point of this universe? Okay, so it's not as much necessarily the universe. Okay, so um, there's a great documentary out there. It's called it's called very simply uh, World World of Darkness the documentary, and uh, <laughs> it, it's it's made by the people who originated the the storyteller system and Vampire the Masquerade and all those different games. Um, the, the reason I, I kind of plug that up front is because they really hit the nail on the head because these are guys that grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons, two brothers uh, in their their bedroom when they were children in the eighties. And uh, when they got a little older, they decided to do, they talk about how when they were creating it, uh, along with this other guy who made this other really fantastic game, which is very similar to D and D in a lot of respects, excuse me, uh, called Ars Magica. Um, he, they were driving to uh, a convention and they were talking to themselves and they were going through these, um, the Rust Belt cities that were at this point just starting to uh, starting to fall apart after the auto industry left and thinking to themselves, man, that looks like a place a vampire would be. And he, he over the course of this car ride comes up and then the ensuing convention weekend comes up with the whole mythos behind Vampire the Masquerade and the ability to play um, to play the monster. And what does that look like? And each of these games has a little tag under it. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade is uh, a game, a storytelling game of uh, personal horror. Ooh. And so I like that. The, the, yeah, it's really yeah, Werewolf the Apocalypse, which is my personal favorite one, is a game of savage horror. So uh, it, it's all about, you know, you being the monster and how you cope with that in the world. Uh, the games are much less combat and rules well werewolf is very combat heavy uh, rules heavy the way D D is so with D D, you have you know here's my my armor class and it'll it'll adjust depending on the spells i cast the armor i'm wearing where my my uh stats are my various you know stats are for my own defense with world of darkness it, it has a very simple system you know i know it sounds you know with D D to someone who's played a lot you know it's easy oh i just take this you know Malithic polyhedron and I cast it out and I, I can look at that and I know instantly whether I, I hit or succeed or, or critically fail or whatever. Um, with, uh, with the storyteller world of darkness systems, it's um, all uses one type of dice. And so you're using D10s for the whole game. Uh, you have a, most of your scores have a point value between one and five. You, you take the number of points you have, that's the amount of dice you, you have to roll, and you're looking for a target number. The, the average target number is always six. Okay. And uh, if I succeed with even one success, um, then it's a, an average, you know, mo an average normal success. Uh, most yeah. average humans, like you or I, will probably have a four dice pool on something. So it's the, the odds of me hitting that six are not horrible, but they're not necessarily, I'm going to do be successful every time yep and the the with vampire for instance because you, you brought up vampire it's it's um i have this beast inside of me i have this monster inside of me that's that's bloodthirsty and do i succumb to what it wants and you know start this downward spiral into this horrific monster myself or can i resist it 
how do I resist it? Do I, can I still live some semblance of a normal life? And it's, there's something darkly beautiful that, uh, that captivated an entire generation of gamers. Oh. That, that just time. sounds like my normal life. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very like Bride of Frankenstein, like at the very end when the monster like sees the bride and like is it, it's its own uh, internal struggle becomes external with all the castle blowing up and everything. I, it, it sounds very Universal Monster movie, which uh, makes my heart smile because I love the old Universal stuff. So that's really Bride awesome. Has a heart? It's shaped like a poop, but yeah, I got oh, one. Oh, okay. He said another bad word. Yes. Gotta edit it yeah. out. Delete. Yeah. Cut. Yeah, cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Like, that's something, because I, I haven't really dabbled in any other, like, systems. And I think that with D&D having such, like, a massive resurgence, I, have you noticed that uh, spilling out into these other systems as well? Or has D&D's popularity just kind of completely dwarfed and, like, made people, like, do people even know about these other games or I think yes. Okay. So uh Vampire the Masquerade was released in nineteen ninety one. Um I know, right? And every year or two afterwards they'd release one of the other core five games. I bring this up for a reason. And um we're now we're approaching very quickly the thirtieth anniversary of Vampire the Masquerade. But years ago, um uh 2010 they announced at this massive convention in new orleans because of course you're going to have a vampire uh, convention in new orleans um they announced uh, vampire the masquerade 20th anniversary edition and it was this love letter to the fans it's this massive book i, I have my copy it's this beautiful leather-bound book um that took the rules kind of updated them a little bit for modern gaming sensibilities um but mostly just packaged it all, the, everything you need from the, you know, literally hundreds of source books that they produced over the course of years um, to, to play the game in one fell swoop. And then every couple of years, they released a, a 20th anniversary edition for Werewolf and then for Mage and uh, Changeling and Wraith. With each of these editions, you start, they started to pick up new fans. To the point that Vampire the Masquerade just a couple of years ago came out with a, a whole new edition. Like the, this 20th anniversary was supposed to be the the final edition they were ever going to make because really nobody cared about, they thought nobody cared about the game anymore, except for the people who were hardcore fans. Because the whole gothic punk uh, sensibility is not exactly in your 21st century, certainly not your 2020s um, uh, lifestyle, right? You don't really see many people <laughs> in that type of uh, uh, lifestyle anymore. Alternative lifestyles are certainly different, you know, you, quote unquote alternative lifestyle. But uh, I, I think, you know, we get acceptance of, you know, body mods and piercings and tattoos and all these other things. But it's different. The the gothic punk sensibility was something very unique, I think, to the time frame. You, you don't see many uh, things like uh, I, I think of like Underworld or like that, yeah. like that aesthetic of a movie or um, pop culture. <laughs> I, you don't see that that much anymore. Uh, as an aside, are you aware that uh, Sony and White Wolf were in a protracted legal battle over Underworld? I was not. <laughs> I, I assume because <laughs> of the uh, the aesthetic or? Uh, a lot of it. Um, so it actually, these kinds of things happen even, even before that with uh, Blade. Uh, artist by the name of uh, Tim Broadstreet. He made the original art for the first edition of Werewolf the Apocalypse. And there, there are pieces of art that are... Um, 
to someone like myself who's who's I collected these books for years more than just played them I collected them because they're beautiful books but um they're they are iconic and you see, you start to see the the scenes in the art reproduced in the vampire media of the time and it's like well that those people obviously had these books and they were cracking them open and looking and saying how can I make that and make it my own without somebody knowing and to a point where I think Blade 2 Tim Broadstreet actually got brought in as a creative consultant but, if you can't beat them, join so, um, them. That's that's the safest way, I guess, to use that influence. Hundred percent. Obviously, you know, White Wolf. Even though they were a pretty big publishing company at the time, this was two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. Whenever, whenever Underworld came out, first one. Um, there's no way they were going to take on Sony and and win in court, but uh, because they may have they may have popularized in the modern sense some of these things, but they they certainly didn't invent the the sexy vampire or, or whatever you savage werewolf or yeah, whatever bell lugosi did that exactly uh so going back to what you're saying uh i i don't think certainly it hasn't risen to the popularity that it once was and i don't think that um i definitely don't think it's ever going to outshine dnd i think for a time there there was a time when um when tsr was going under white wolf almost bought them it was it was between them and wizards and obviously Wizards of the Coast beat them to it. But um, That would have been an interesting world that we lived in if uh, Wizards did not take over D. It'd be a very interesting world. Uh, but Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse is getting its own fifth edition coming out next year. Um, the, the people who own the IP now uh, are taking a slightly different like way of looking at it. Um, White Wolf itself um, as, a, as a subsidiary was dissolved by Paradox Entertainment because uh, there was this whole controversy over some stuff that was in the, fi- the original fifth edition books. It was a whole big thing. There was a lot of uh, neo-Nazi imagery and anti-gay imagery and some hand-waving about real-world atrocities. It was, it was very ugly, and they recalled the book when it first went out. Now, they, they, they took it out and they republished it. So I imagine those original books... Uh, are worth a pretty penny these days to certain people, but uh, I, my edition, my copy that I have was I, I, I was actually resistant at first to pick up the new edition of the book, but uh, I finally did. It's okay. Is I, I like my classic stuff. I'll tell you, but no, um, I so in a roundabout way, I'm getting to what I was trying to say, and I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. I we go on I, lots of tangents here. Lots of tangents. Did I ever tell Indeed. you about the boxcar children? no could you fuck you (laughs) fuck you Corey uh told me about this story called the boxcar children anyway sorry go back as i I mentioned earlier i'm starting uh i'm in the process of starting up this uh changeling the dreaming game via discord um and it's uh it's going all right i mean i i i i got some people um they've got some good character ideas we'll see where it goes haven't started gameplay yet but uh i was emailing back one of my players uh just the other day and talking about character concepts and uh he asked me you know what is it you you need in your game i'm like i really don't care dude this is i want to collaborate with the players to create this world that we're all going to inhabit he's like well this is actually my first time ever playing changeling um ever uh I, i just picked it up you know, because I saw something on, on one of these Facebook groups and I'm like, and it, that got me kind of thinking, it's like these new books have reintroduced 
introduce to the the world these games that you know frankly changeling the dreaming for instance is a beautiful full color book when it when the rest of the books are very black and white and, you know as i said goth punk and all the crap wasn't very popular in its day but has had an explosion of interest from from people today much like i was talking about deep space nine in the beginning it just took 20 years for people to realize how awesome some of these games are that's awesome then that you know it's finally getting its due and you know it's still being played which is which is the best thing about these types of like pen and paper yes. games is they're not going anywhere like if, mm -hmm. if you 30 years from now if you want to play it you can crack out those old books and i still have my like, third editions my original third edition books like you, i can play that whenever i want as long as i have the people that's always the caveat you but gotta find the people that's, <laughs> that's the key <sighs> the thing that's always interesting to me like i you know we're all around the same age we're all you know nerds but like when we were younger like this stuff was you had to keep this stuff like bottled up like and i feel like these worlds are so opened up to so many more people like the fact that i am playing dungeons and dragons right now is like what is happening but yeah, like you started it's, at 33 i kind of attribute some of the popularity or like the resurgence of popularity of some of these things to just the fact that being a nerd is is very cool it's very it's okay to be like oh yeah i play dungeons and dragons on the weekends yeah. or i you know i play whatever and it, it's it's really interesting that to 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 have experienced both sides of that to have experienced like oh you like that and you're kind of like all right i don't tell anybody about that and now it's like you know things like i mean i don't watch critical role but things like critical role have like opened it up to even more people and it, it's just a really really interesting world to live in where this stuff is is popular and and people don't make fun of you for it. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a really great way of putting it. So think about the things that are out there. You know, you look at you, you look at the creators that have been coming up over the last uh, ten years, fifteen years. The people who who got their start in, at a time when maybe these things obviously were not as popular, or you know had had a, a, a lull, so to speak. And then they, but they build the things that they enjoy into the media that they're creating. You know, uh, everybody ha talks about you know things like Stranger Things and all that, all that jazz. You know, uh, having a an impact. Or you look at um, like the the big red D and D box being sold at at um, you know Barnes and Noble or Walmart or something like that. And it's it it puts it out there, and there's not the same um, moral hysteria that was so permeating the culture in the you know when you know the the 70s or the 80s and whatnot when the games were put out there like i i was watching um unsolved mysteries with my wife on amazon uh prime the other day or youtube i can't remember it doesn't matter where we were watching what platform we were watching it on i'm sorry anyway, it does for my uh, enjoyment if it was on youtube i don't want to hear about it amazon we're good no, cor corporate so we were watching it on youtube <laughs> <laughs> um, no but so we were watching it on we were watching it on whatever streaming service and um one of the episodes was uh about a missing boy you know 17 years old whatever and uh the the story in the um in the episode was that it, it could very well have been satanists because he he was known to play dungeons and dragons i mean 
to be fair, all the people I know that play D and D are Satanists. Hail Satan! But, I mean, but, uh, Satan. but I but I don't think the things are connected. I, I think I think that it's just a coincidence. A little quinky dink. There, I think we look at we <laughs> we look at things from our perspective today. Again, uh, I I started playing these games when I was very young. Um, very uh, impressionable age, so to speak. And my parents had none of that, you know, that that same moral quandary that I guess a lot of people did. But for me, it was it was seeing the the different um, the different games and the different nerddoms and all the little things that are out there that that we like. That you know, someone who who uh, grew up reading comics and watched Star Trek every night, and you know read you know fantasy novels his whole childhood you know growing up what seeing all these things become popularized there's that piece of me who who says it's mine who's you know the the kid who picked on me in high school you know he's gonna sit back and watch watch uh lord of the rings or whatever and 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 claim he, he understands and enjoys it uh or you can you know that that girl over there who never gave me the time of day uh, because she was, you know, into whatever. Uh, now she watched, uh, she she watched Big Bang Theory for a couple of seasons, and now she thinks she she understands nerd culture. I, I don't think Big Bang is. Uh, <laughs> I hate that show. Yeah, I don't think I hate it's that really show so much. A, a good identifier of, of yeah. nerd culture in general. I hate that show so much. I want to marry you. <laughs> As I said, uh, bigamy is not legal in New Hampshire, um, and I love my wife. And even if I wasn't with her, I'm pretty sure I have a couple. Uh, my buddy is, uh, uh, my, what is it the Jane said, Bob? My, my hetero life mate. Hetero life mate. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Dwight, Dwight's my hetero life mate. It's true. Okay. It's true. But I'm, I'm his backup after <laughs> Brian. So. so there you, you under, so you know, uh, you, you know, uh, my relationship with my best friend Ian. Right, right. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just everyone's backup. <sighs> Yes, hey. Alex. Sadly, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you on the docket. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just just slot me into the queue. I'll probably be long dead before I got <laughs> my numbers called. Oh my god! I did want to jump back on on. Wait, I wanted to. I I have words. Don't interrupt me, Alex. Boo boo. I was I, I was just laughing. I know. Um, <laughs> now I'm laughing. I wanted to jump back on something that Tom said because I totally understand that feeling where you're like this is mine i don't want to share this with anybody else and nobody else is allowed to like this and i felt a little bit like that with the captain marvel movie because captain marvel is my girl Mm -hmm. and and i was so overjoyed and so excited to see all the merch and stuff everywhere and people are talking about it but like every time i would go on a social media forum and people were saying different things or oh Captain Marvel and is a is a woman like since when I'm like okay first of all in the comics she is a woman now so get over it but just different things where people were like it felt like I was gatekeeping in a way but at the same time I was so excited that people were you know knew who she was and were like Carol Danvers like people know who she is now but at the same time I was like no I I liked this when this was mine and nobody else knew about it and I felt like it was my own personal thing so I understand that. I, I think that God. as humans, we're we're instinctively protective over our interests, and it, it's really easy to get um, 
not insular, but like to get really defensive over things that where like somebody new is coming in and it's like, well, maybe they don't understand it the same way that I do, or maybe they don't have the same attachment to it. But I also think that like, there's a really, really good and healthy way um, for these new people to be coming in. And it, it, it gives things longevity and it gives things, um, there's nothing wrong with getting those, those new fans. I think like, look at avatar is like the perfect example of a, a fandom exploding recently. Like there was like a big cycle of it back in like the early or mid 2000s. And now with it coming out on Netflix, it's it's seeing this massive resurgence. And I know we've already talked about that several times on the show, but um, I think that it's for the most part, it's always a good thing to have those those new fans. Personally, yeah, I was just thinking about it. Like, I feel like I'm less protective of things I'm a fan of, and I'm more protective of things I'm not a fan of. I want to make sure that people don't like <laughs> the things that I hate, and I I don't care. If- people like jump on the bandwagon for things that i like does that make me weird no i get that because when people like things that i hate i'm like why do you like that i don't understand it you are no you're not allowed i do reverse gatekeeping i guess is that that a thing (laughs) yes you just invented it that's what i do (laughs) so uh, i uh, i'm a big trekkie um as i mentioned a couple of times and I'm going to keep saying that. So uh, you may or may not know Star Trek is having a little little mini, mini resurgence lately. It's not as, as big as it could be. Little, little, re- there it is. Little resurgence. Itty bitty. So uh, what you got? You've got uh, the Discovery and you've got uh, the, what's it called? Picard. Picard. Uh, which, well, how did I forget that name, by the way? <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, there's a new animated, new animated one, series. Right? Well, yeah. Lower Decks. Lower Decks, which is phenomenal. Watch it if you haven't. I Okay. I, marry me. Please marry me. <laughs> I, please. I, I was talking to my friends. Don't forget your point. I, I know I interrupted you, but I was talking to my friends about Lower Decks, and I was the only one that was like, this this show's amazing. Like, it's, I, I love it. I watched... Granted, I gave up on Discovery after two episodes. I was just like, this is not really what I'm looking for. I love Lower Decks. I love Lower Decks. I'm sorry. I gave up on Discovery. Disco got better. It got so much better. Okay. Well, I will say that. Well, during quarantine, that's a good quarantine show. Like, I gave up on it when I had better things to do with my time. But in quarantine, I don't. So... <laughs> Season two is much, much better. Uh, season one has a, it, it's, it's satisfying. There are a couple of points. I, if I was making the show, like visually speaking, I would not have done like the, there are some stupid things I don't think right. have it. I'm a bit of a prude. So really? I, yes. I didn't know that. Uh, well, Hey, there you go. Now you do. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's not, okay. I'm a red blooded American man. I love, you know, the ladies. <laughs> Very descriptive. Oh, there no, you go. Tiffany, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm no. not wearing a bra, so that would be really <laughs> awkward. This is the video one, by the this way. This is where <laughs> once once again, like I said, if I did not say this already, prude. You want me to turn oh. four shades of purple? <laughs> I'll tell another story in a minute, but uh okay, so I don't I don't like excessive sex and stuff like that in my media. It's I mean no, there's not not to say I don't enjoy, you know those things you know but um it just it, it makes me mildly uncomfortable to watch on screen when i'm not watching something that need that is supposed to have that 
I 100, 100% agree with that. And I am not a prude. And I still find all of that stuff super awkward and uncomfortable on screen. And it oftentimes serves no purpose. So Exactly. And so my point to that was that there is a, there's one or two pieces that don't have any business belonging um, in Star Trek. Star Trek and sex have never mixed. And yeah. So, uh, but but there's one or two pieces like that that are in the first season, Discovery, that that aren't in the second season, and then uh, they introduce this amazing actor who's playing a, an amazing uh, established character, and he takes it and does this, this wonderful thing with it, and he's now getting his own show, and I can't wait. If I'm not being descriptive, Pike, <laughs> Captain yeah, Pike, I, I knew what you Strange mean. New Worlds, it's going to be amazing. I don't care if it's you know. I thought it was Spock because I know Spock's in it. That's what I thought it was. Uh, what's the guy's name? Ethan Peck, I think, is the name who plays Spock. He's really good. I was very, uh, I was impressed. Um, this is going to be great. I don't know how we got talking about Star Trek. Yeah, oh, but back, back to the uh, original point. I told you not to forget your original point. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. My point was, um, so Star Trek is is having this big little uh resurgence lately and uh it's it's having this resurgence and it's the same cycle that the fans of star trek go through every single time there is a mild hiccup where the show has been off the air for a little bit um happened when next generation came out happened when the jj abrams movies came out and it's happening now where you get these people like we could say like the, the, the four of us, maybe we we've been fans of something for a while, whether it's Captain Marvel, whether it's Star Trek, you know, whether it's whatever the hell it's going to be. And then you got the new people coming in who are, who, whose fandom is just as valid. You know, if, if you say to me that your first Star Trek was lower decks and you say that, that that's the only one you like, then I'm fine with that. You like Star Trek, man. If your first Star Trek was, you know, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, when you know J.J. Abrams' Bling Ons, you know, great. I'm I'm cool with you. That was a that was an awful movie, but you know, welcome to the club, man. Alex and I are apologists for that movie. We actually kind of yeah. enjoyed it. I think we actually <laughs> didn't we do didn't we write a, a <laughs> non non ram nonsensical ramblings we wrote a fucking article about it like yeah yeah well we didn't just write an article we did like an interview kind of where we it was basically a podcast in written form (laughs) it was weird it's probably still on the internet too absolutely is we will link it in the description (laughs) tom can eviscerate it because we're talking about how much we love it and how much it's like honoring old star trek if i remember correctly and i'm pretty sure I remember something. <laughs> I think I I remember something that I specifically complained about that I still have issues with to this day. But was it Magic Blood? Bad. Because that's something that you really should complain about. Magic Blood is great. I drink Magic Blood. It's what keeps me young. Okay, now we circle back around to Vampire the Masquerade. Right, and Got me it. being a monster. Remember when you described the game, and I said that describes my life. Got it. And this has been an episode of No <laughs> Refunds. <laughs> The visual novel. <laughs> the graphic novel episode. The graphic novel. Uh, Magic blood. Emphasis on graphic. <laughs> but seriously, graphic. Uh, 
we probably should wrap it up because I've got about two hours and 20 minutes of recording and Alex uh, had requests for this one to be shorter. Uh, so spoiler alert. That's why you make it longer. Exactly. How did that happen? How has it been two hours? I don't well, know. Yeah. The time it's, disappeared. It's funny because Dwight talked about how how when you do things online, it it you get it's harder to get lost in it when we were talking about D&D and I was like, we get lost in this podcast every fucking time we record and it goes from like 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. in the blink of an eye. Yeah, question mark. What, what? Where did the time go? Uh, yeah. But but seriously, uh, this has been another fantastic episode. That's Tom, good. thank you so much for coming on and spending your evening with us. Uh, I really enjoyed having you here. Uh, it was it was Anytime. super fun. Did you enjoy yourself? Please say yes. I very much enjoyed myself. Okay, so full validate disclosure. Me. <laughs> Val- validate me. Um, Hold on, let me say something. Uh, I got uh, you. You messaged me. When was it? Earlier today with the stuff, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, you you messaged me at ten thirty four this morning, and uh, so I'm at work, and uh, I I look at my phone. I was like, wait, what? That's today. Literally, <laughs> no lie. He he messaged me yesterday. Was it? Yeah. Uh, was it yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. yesterday? I was like, hey, I know it's short notice, but can you do tomorrow? I thought that's <laughs> what I'm, he said. Honest to God, my brain was like substituted tomorrow for tuesday or some yeah uh, i my brain thought it was yeah. it was supposed to be tomorrow tomorrow today stopped. tomorrow <laughs> yes it, my brain thought it was it was the, the, the day we were gonna do this was um was gonna be tuesday well we but, usually record so, tuesday so maybe yeah. I, th- I think that's why i said it to my wife when, when i was talking to her about it, it was this evening when i got home i was like well hey guess what <laughs> but anyway um so i get the text and i'm like oh Oh, I'm having a shitty day. It's my first day back for vacation. Um, I miss my kid. Uh, so for those people who don't have kids, I'll tell you right now, the little bastard's got his hooks in me. Be good. Um, uh, I, 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 it was his last week before he's going back to school. I specifically took it off as a whole thing. So I'm like, I miss my kid. I, I don't want to be at work. I have a great job. I don't want to be. <laughs> I did not want to yeah. be at work because I wasn't doing my normal job so it was shitty and um so i'm like oh man i really i mean i want to do this but i'm really not sure if i'm looking forward to it or not and then uh you know i get on and you know it's i I said this to you before dwight it's like having a conversation with listening to you guys podcast is like having a conversation with my friends on saturday night and the minute we started talking the the minute we started talking, I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm really glad we did this. I'm, this is a lot of fun. And it's also nice to have a perspective of p- other people that, you know, either you don't talk to very often. And Dwight, um, that I, you know, Tiffany, you and I have literally, the only conversations you and I have ever had have been at, in passing at the store. <laughs> um, you know, and it's always accompanying um, uh, Dwight. And uh, I would say, never <laughs> and after today yeah. I, I'm, and, I'm good yeah and i spent i spent the whole night shitting on him nobody nobody told me that he'd had a bad day i was just i like, didn't know either this is, i wasn't gonna say that this is my thing i shit on people my, and that's the point. i i didn't uh it, it it ended up uplifting my evening and Aww. my day and i thank you very much for that Aww. it's a gift and any, I'm not lying to you. Anytime you want, I will be more than happy to. Hopefully, I remember that tomorrow <laughs> means not Tuesday. Tomorrow means tomorrow, <laughs> not two days from now. Yes, that's yes. very important. 
Yeah, uh, well, but tomorrow means Tuesday if it's Monday. I want to make that clear. Very, very important. But if it's Tuesday, and, it means Wednesday. And by the time this episode come out, comes out, it means four days in the past. What? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, this has been another episode of No Refunds. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, you can uh, like us on Facebook. We have an Instagram that Tiffany's been updating now, which is wonderful. Uh, that's no refunds for both of those. You can send us an email. Like it's we, no oh, refunds podcast. Thank you. No refunds podcast. Uh, and the email address is no refunds podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions, comments, and concerns. It's not often that we do this whole call to action thing and it's always feels weird to do it, but thank you very much for listening. Oh, uh, thank you to the hyper potions for letting us use their song. It's uh, what you're hearing right now. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. So thank you very much for listening. Bye. 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 And Tommy, you say bye. Yay, bye, thank bye, you. Bye. You did the bye, bye, bye. That's what they wanted. I was thinking yeah. that earlier. Damn it. <laughs> I've been holding that for two and a half hours. <laughs>